Good evening, everybody. It's Friday, December 4th, and we're so excited to be able to bring you some information, some inspiration, uh, hopefully on prayer, so that you might be more uh, a more effective person of prayer. I guarantee you, if you are, if you will, uh, I guarantee you life will be so much more enhanced. Prayer is a principle and a key that God has given us uh, to enhance our life. You go back in the Bible, it was there when, uh, you know, Adam and Eve were in the garden, man sinned. Uh, they were kicked out of the garden. They had two sons, uh, Cain and Abel. Of course, we know Cain slew Abel. And when they, when they, gave, they began to believe God for another child, and God gave them a child named Seth. And the Bible says right at the end, I believe it's chapter 4 of Genesis, says right at the end there that at that time men began uh, to call upon the name of the Lord. Obviously, at that time, mankind recognized that there was a God, there was a creation, and that he was accessible. So I want to encourage you to pray, to be a person of prayer, not the way uh, you have decided to pray. Say, so, well, I, I, I kind of pray in my own way. I've heard people say that so many times. I, I kind of pray in my own way. Me and God kind of have our own thing. None of that's true. There's only one way to pray, and that's the way God wants you to pray according to his word. Biblical-based prayer is the type of prayer that number one, gets you answers. Number two, it, it guards your mind. As we looked at the scripture uh, last night in the book of Philippians, it guards your mind and it guards your heart. And biblical-based prayer is the kind of prayer you know every time you pray, you get the answer, and the answer is yes. You know, I saw that you know, one time in an antique shop, a, a sign that said, God answers all prayer. Sometimes the answer is no. Well, I guarantee you, sometimes the answer is no, when you're not praying according to the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God, or you're not in the correct prayer posture in which God wants you to be in in order to communicate with him. So we talked about the different disciplines of prayer, about prayers of petition, uh, prayers of consecration and commitment that have to do with the will of God in your life, prayers of praise, prayers of worship, uh, uh, prayers of intercession. Then of course, there's the pray of, prayer of, uh, of salvation. I believe one, one, uh, one man I read after said there were, he identified nine different types of prayer. I'll have to go back and look at that. But, but, but here it is. If you'll just discover uh, the basics of prayer, if you'll develop the skill, if you'll enter into the dialogue that God wants you to, I guarantee you the Word of God and the Spirit of God will guide you into the types of prayer that are necessary for you to live that overcoming life. I discovered this when I was young in the Lord and going to Bible school. And, and this phenomenon began to happen to me. I thought it was really cool is I would pray and I would send something in my spirit and I would begin to do it or implement it and kind of uh, it's kind of hard to describe. I would, I would, I would send something in my heart or my spirit. I think, well, well, I need to do this, and I need to do this, and I would just, well, okay, Lord, and, and I would really desire biblical uh, uh, standards for doing it, and I wouldn't have any, and it kind of would, you know, give me a little uh, inhibition in acting on what I thought I was hearing. But here's what was neat. Because I was in a Bible school setting, I was under the Word every day, I was also studying on my own every day, God would always bring the Scripture necessary to reinforce what He had told me, proving to me that I'd actually heard from God. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you pray and you hear something in your spirit and you see scriptural evidence for it, then there's natural evidence God answers your prayer and you know that that connection has been made, that you're partaking of the divine nature. You've prayed, God has heard, you've received the answer. There's nothing on planet Earth more gratifying than that.
Because you know it doesn't matter what happens with governments. It doesn't matter what happens with nature or weather. It does not matter what happens with pandemics or political trends. It does not matter. You know that there's a higher force and a higher power, God Almighty, through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that is not only regulating but overseeing and protecting your life. That comes out of that prayer in which you develop that skill so that all that God's goodness, because you're communicating with Him, He's speaking to you, you're speaking to Him in that dialogue, you're discovering all those wonderful disciplines of prayer, you're working on your prayer life every day, I guarantee you there's a confidence that comes into your heart where no matter what storm comes, whether it comes to you personally or just comes upon the planet or the nation or the state or the city in which you live, I guarantee you it'll be a blessing. Lee and I, we always prayed a lot together, and I still do, uh, as pastors, as husband and wife. And we suffered a great loss in 2008 when a major hurricane, Hurricane Ike, came and uh, hit our building. Uh, most of you know the story. Uh, the insurance necessary for the recovery of that type of destruction uh, was not in our package of of uh, insurance that that year and you know basically all we can do is take the blame for it because you know say well it was the insurance person's fault this person's fault well at the, at the end of the day it's our fault so we had some very strong emotions of failing god failing the congregation failing the church and in prayer this inspirational how can i say it this inspirational all i can say it was just this impression hit me believe god for a miracle see if we get a miracle then that vindicates our faith. That proves that God's hand is upon us, that the call of God is real, that the church is not just some you know, thing that we're doing to, to fill time in between one thing or another thing, that it's actually something that's birthed of God. And we begin to believe God for a miracle. And the way that miracle played out was so supernatural, so wonderful, so spectacular. Uh, but, uh, uh, apart from uh, many of our weaknesses and many of our own uh, inabilities, God just stepped up number one with his mercy. It's amazing how a strong prayer life, when the mercy of God is needed, that mercy is always there in a person's life who prays. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, mercy is needed where you make mistakes. Mercy's needed where you get out of the will of God. Mercy's needed where you, you know, where you, where you sin, uh, where you, where you miss the mark, where you get out of faith and get into unbelief. It's amazing that if you're a person that prays, how God can show you where you've missed it, show you how to make the adjustment, bring you back right online into the things of God, restore your joy, restore your hope, and get you right back in the groove. I like what one old preacher, he said he can get you right back under the spout where the glory comes out. Well, that's, that's, where, that's where prayer will position you so that you can be able, literally, literally, to receive the best from God. I want to share a scripture real quick as we close this little inspirational prayer exhortation. Uh, over in John chapter 16, we've talked a little bit about the different types of prayer, protocols of prayer, different things like that. But let me read this in John chapter 16. Jesus is speaking again on prayer. What did I say earlier? Anytime you, you, you uh, uh, hear Jesus speaking on prayer, your, your spiritual antennas ought to go up. A great study of the, of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is to go in and study everything that Jesus said about prayer. I guarantee you, it'll inspire you, it'll inform you, and it'll empower you to have a powerful prayer life. It says Jesus speaking here in verse, uh, let me find it, verse 23 of John chapter 16. He says, In that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now notice this. Hitherto of you ask me nothing in my name. Ask, 
and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now let me get over here and read it in, a, in, the, uh, in the Passion Bible. Let me find it here. It says, for here is an eternal truth. When that time comes, when, you, when, you, when that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask Him for anything you desire, and He will give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name, but now you can ask. Keep on asking Him. And you can be sure that you will receive what you ask for, and you, your joy will have no limits. Now, if, there's so many ways. I mean, how can you teach on prayer in, in four, 10 to 15 minute little exhortation? You can't do it. So what I'm trying to do is just to exhort you to pray your own personal prayer life. Come pray with us. Come pray with us on, on Saturday night and Sunday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Come pray with us. Just begin to pray. Begin it and fight to discipline yourself. Fight to, uh, to develop that fellowship because what you're doing is, number one, you're reinforcing what Jesus has provided for us. He's the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But He is the way to the Father's ear. When you pray in the name of Jesus, when you ask for things in the name of Jesus, you're, fellowship, you're fellowshipping with Jesus, you're fellowshipping with the Father, you're fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost because He's your helper. He can help you pray things you know not how nor what, uh, what nor how to pray. Over in Romans chapter 8, I guarantee you those things you don't know how nor what to pray, the Spirit of God will strengthen you, give you information, inspire you. It's such an amazing, amazing process. But here's what's so unique. Our access to God through the name of Jesus. Listen, the ancients all the way from the fall in the, in the garden to David and Solomon, the great prophets of the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, none of them. Now think about this, church. None of them had the access to God like you have. You have access to God through the name of Jesus. Not only can you speak to Jesus, but Jesus says this, don't ask me anything because the Father's the one that's going to give it to you. But what you do is you come to the Father in the name of Jesus. He's showing us an access point. Jesus is the one that gives us access. It's his blood that was shed. Remember this. I don't want to go into a bunch of old covenant teaching, but their, their access to God was so limited. I know that in Abraham's day, in Moses' day, God made an exception. God needed someone that would listen to him when he spoke. So uh, even in Abraham's day, there had to be sacrifice. There had to be blood in order to approach God. But once the law got established through Moses, but once the implementation of that law began for, for petition to God, prayer for the nation of Israel, the forgiveness of sins, it was an incredible process only engaged by a very few people based on very strict laws that if you could not adhere to those laws, it could cost you your life. I mean, it was, the, 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 the priest would sew bells into, the, into the, uh, uh, the, their sleeves and into the, uh, the borders of their, their, their gowns that they wore because if, if they'd go into that holy of holies making that noise, ringing those bells, if those bells stopped ringing, they, know, they knew there's something we didn't do. There's something we didn't get right. Boom, that guy's dead. They'd put a rope around their, his waist and pull him back out. The next guy would go in. <laughs> Could you imagine how prayer would be like that today? Man, nobody would pray. If there was the, if there was the penalty of death, if you made a mistake in prayer, 
Nobody would pray. But Jesus took the curse of that law. Jesus took the curse of man's separation from God. Jesus restored the spiritual union between God and man so that when we pray the prayer of salvation, we become born again. Our spirit man becomes recreated and we're in union with God again. Out of that union, God wants every child of God to communicate. Come speak with me. Come commune with me. Come, let us reason together. Some of those old Old Testament quotes are so powerful. Talk things out with God. Counsel with God. A lot of people want special counseling. You want some special counseling? Go to God. Go to the Heavenly Father through the name of Jesus. And the ministry of the counselor of the Holy Ghost will come into your life through the word, through teaching and preaching from your pastor or other ministers, and you will receive the full counsel of God. Remember this about prayer. You must make a decision to do it. You must make a decision to pray. I encourage every young person, if you're looking for your life's path, begin to pray. Young married people, young couples, older couples, middle-aged couples, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are. It's time to pray and to seek the will of God, to seek the path of God, and to ask the Father in the name of Jesus so that our joy might be full and we might have the full provision of what God wants us to have. God bless you. Don't forget we're praying on Saturday nights, Sunday nights. We're praying also, excuse me, we're praying also on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And listen, in your own life, pray every day. As it said in Philippians in the Passion Bible, be saturated in prayer. God loves you. I love you. And we'll be praying for you in Jesus' name. God bless.